Welcome to Realty Talk, the show that brings together the country's most authoritative and respected property experts. Follow us on all the socials and subscribe for updates and exclusive offers. Realty Talk is powered by realty.com.au, connecting buyers, sellers and agents differently. Hi and welcome to Realty Talk, your trusted voice for property investing. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance and we've got some great guests and some very informative insights to share with you again in this week's show. As Australia's in the grip of an unprecedented property boom, Goose McGrath from Dashtop Buyers Agents joins us again to give you seven reasons why you shouldn't buy property now, together with a bunch of reasons why you should. Leading sales agent Scott McFarlane from McGain's Real Estate then joins us to unveil Australia's best kept secret in property by revealing what's happening in my hometown of Radelaide. And to round out the show, in our current fiercely contested seller's market, I continue our special series on the art of negotiation, where I show you how you can level the playing field as a buyer in successfully negotiating your next property purchase. We've got some great info to share, so let's get into it. Welcome. Now, if you're looking for an excuse not to buy a property at the moment, you've never had more reason to procrastinate. We've seen a flood of media negativity from all ends of the spectrum. We've got the gloomers at one end and we've got the boom busters at the other. On one hand, we've got the mainstream media amping up the fear factory with constant stories of economic gloom, given the ongoing threat and the uncertainty surrounding the current COVID saga. On the other hand, we're seeing property prices go through the roof. And we haven't seen price growth like this for nearly 20 years with average growth in the last 12 months of about 16% compared to the long-term average of about 6%. Put this together, and we've got the perfect storm for treading water on property. The result, you've never had better excuses not to buy property now. So to balance the books and to separate the fear from the facts, we're joined by the co-founder of Dashtop Buyers Agents, Goose McGrath. Welcome back to the show, Goose. G'day, Bushy. Good to see you again. Always, mate. Now, uh, Goose... Jumping straight in here, what are the major reasons that you're hearing from investors on why they don't want to buy properties at the moment? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So it's a it's a funny paradox, isn't it? You know, that the property market is performing well and therefore it is creating more indecision and more doubt than ever before. But it's quite normal. Um, you know, you can kind of you kind of see that generally speaking across all all asset classes whenever there's a bit of a, a bit of a boom. So there's a number of reasons. And in fact, you know, you and I recently uh, did a bit of an expose on seven reasons. We'll get to that a little later. But so, just some of the key ones that people are concerned that, you know, the market is booming too, too quickly and therefore they're just going to sit it out and wait until it drops. Or, you know, perhaps they're concerned that properties are too expensive or overvalued and you can't buy effectively in the, in the current market. And a lot of this comes down to things like location misinformation. You know, like when you look at places like Sydney, I recently, I actually recently, read an article of a property just up the road from where I am, which sold for almost double what it was bought for in 2019. When you read stories like that, it's natural to think that this is kind of going on everywhere. And it's just, we're in this state of frenzy and everything is overvalued and you can't buy effectively when in fact, it's just not true. And in fact, there's 15,264 suburbs in Australia. They all operate independently from each other, even when they're right next to each other. And so therefore it really comes down to identifying the right place and the right time, uh, which is which is something that most people don't get right. Um, but in order to do that, you need to be able to step outside your comfort zone, which is another one of the big things that hold, is holding people back. 
you know, this idea of actually investing outside of your own backyard. And that takes a little bit of, that takes a little bit of uh, grit and determination to push yourself outside the comfort zone. Um, and the other, the other thing that's really getting, where people are really getting in their own way is, is what we call the DIY dilemma, where they're too busy caught up trying to do it for themselves and don't, they don't want to reach out and get professional help. Now, that's all well and good, but the evidence suggests that that is probably not a very good way of doing things. It's evidenced by the fact that just over 90% of property investors never make it past two properties. So, you know, that says that that speaks volumes in itself that, that the, in the majority of cases, most people actually don't know what they're doing and it makes more sense to get help. So they're kind of some top headline reasons where people are getting stuck and getting in their own way at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely spot on. So uh, you've covered a little bit of this already, but what's your response to these? And I'm going to call them excuses rather than reasons, but, but what, what's your uh, uh, advice and um, insights that you'd, you'd like to change people's paradigms around that? Yeah, so I think, look, first things first, don't pay attention to the news, right? For a few for, for, for a few reasons, right? Because if you're reading about if you're reading about a or hearing about a a hot spot in inverted commas in the in the media, you're already way too late. So understanding how to buy the right property in the right place at the right time is really the key to all of this. You know, if you can identify that, then you're you're able to cut through the you're able to cut through the noise and cut through the fog and actually make intelligent investment decisions. And that comes down to understanding. It's super simple. I couldn't make it any more simple. We've got, you know, we, we often talk about the Holy Trinity um, formula of cash flow, growth and value adds. You sort of got the same thing when it comes to location selection, particularly right now. It's jobs, lifestyle and affordability. So some markets at the moment have one or maybe two of those elements. You know, maybe they've got a really strong lifestyle factor and maybe because of, you know, recent COVID and stuff, people are moving there for a lifestyle benefit and they can work from home. But unless it's underpinned by also jobs uh, and, and affordability as well, you're probably, it's probably not going to be a sustainable market. So you can start to cut through the noise and sort the wheat from the chaff. So that's the, that's the first bit. If you can get, get to understand those fundamentals, that's going to set you up really, really well. Um, and a lot of people also are concerned that, hey, property prices are already booming too quickly and maybe I'm just going to sit it out and wait. Well, the fact of the matter is we're really at the really at the start of, you know, we're in the we're still in the first quarter, maybe even the first quarter of the first quarter of a national property boom. And what I would kind of say to that is if you could rewind just 12 months, not even five years or 10 years, but just 12 months, if you could go back to this time last year. How many properties would you buy? Now, all you need to do is have a little think about that and then overlay that. Where are you going to be in 12 months time? You know, we're still in the, as I say, right at the birth of this property boom. And right now it's the best time that I've ever seen to be able to get into the market, which is super exciting. So I'd, I'd, more than ever, I'd say that people need to have a bias towards action. So, uh, and the other final point is that I would say is that in, in order to really capitalize on this, you're going to have to think a little differently. Uh, you're going to have to get outside your comfort zone. Now, everything you want in life is on the other side of your comfort zone, whether that be asking, you're asking your sweetheart out on a date for the first time, you're going to have to really, oh my God, you're going to have all the nerves going on, or maybe it's applying for that job or promotion or anything that you want to achieve more, have more, be more, do more, see more, feel more and experience more is on the other side of discomfort. You've got to go through that growth. And the same thing is going to happen for, for investors that really want to capitalize in this market. They're going to need to think differently, act differently, and they're also going to need to reach out and get professionals to support them in that process and to, to level up from being an amateur investor to a professional investor. So they're my tips. 
Yeah, beautifully said. So to wrap all this up and sort of bring it to a head, if if you had the ability to buy a, let's say, a $500,000 property right now, what would you do and why? That's a great question. Um, I would do exactly the same thing today as I would have done 12 months ago or in 12 months' time. You know, for me, it's not not about... um, you know, fundamentally, you've got to have a good strategy and a good idea of what works in the market. And, you know, we've pinned it down to, you know, three simple, three simple tenants, cash flow positive, high growth areas, value add potential. So I would do exactly now as I would have done 12 months ago and 12 months before that. Um, and I would buy a, a good property at the right price in the right location. It's cash flow positive, And I would enjoy all the benefits and the acceleration that that gives me. And whether that configuration was a duplex or a single family home, or if it was under market value or whatever, all of these factors can come into it, but really it's underpinned about buying the right property in the right place at the right time and making sure it's cash flow positive so you've got affordable growth. Yeah, I think the, the key thing there to reinforce from the insights that you've shared with us is, is becoming borderless because if you're just looking in your backyard, uh, given depending on what's happening in the market in your particular location, that may yeah. not be achievable. But if you're suddenly widening the scope, so you're looking at those 15 odd thousand suburbs right mm. across the country, then all of a sudden uh, there are going to be those sorts of opportunities available if you've got the right people and the independent professionals hunting them down for you. Absolutely. It's not impossible that you happen to live in the right location to for, for it to be the perfect time to buy in that location. It's really not impossible, but it's very statistically improbable. You have a greater chance of walking out your front door and, and speaking to the first person that you meet and them having the same birthday as you. You have a way higher statistical probability of that happening than you being in the right place at the right time to buy in your own backyard. So absolutely, yeah, you've got to, you've got to stretch yourself and you've got to look a little bit further. Totally agree. And I think the other other exercise that people are nervous of is, you know, this so-called downturn or the bubble bursting. If we look back through history, the the one thing that really does uh, tend to have an impact on property values is availability of credit. So the one indicator that I think uh, listeners uh, need to be focusing in on is when an interest rate rise starts to emerge. Now, that that is clearly not on the agenda for quite some time. They may play around with macro potential, but the chances of rates increasing are very, very limited. So uh, I would be very confident about diving in as long as you're following all those parameters that you've spoken about, Goose, to find the right property in the right location at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It all comes down to the fundamentals, though, because if you're making decisions, you've got to make decisions for the long term, not the short term. And so as long as it's underpinned by good fundamentals and you're buying good quality, good, good quality assets, it's going to serve you well in the long run. Thanks, Goose. Well, there you have it. So if you want to hear a deeper dive on the excuses why you shouldn't buy a property right now versus the reasons why you should, join Goose and I on a recent episode that we did on both Get Invested and the Investor Lab podcast, where we go into all of the details. Stay with us. You're here on Realty Talk. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Hi and welcome. Now, Adelaide's housing market has been considered quite an affordable option when compared to the eastern states. But post-COVID, 
buyers are becoming bewildered at the increasing price of property and the high level of competition. And according to latest CoreLogic figures, Adelaide has recorded one of the highest monthly and quarterly growth rates amongst the capitals, with housing values at 1.9% in August to be 5.3% higher over the past three months. And over the last year, house values have risen at more than double the rate of units, rising by 19.8% on average, while unit values are up 6.4%. Now, this is well above the 16.1% lift in national housing values over the past year, which is actually the fastest pace of annual growth since February 2004. Now, clearly, Adelaide continues to outperform. So to read between the lines and to find out what's really happening on the ground and to find out what's happening with property in my hometown of South Australia, we're joined by leading selling agent Scott McFarlane from McGain's Real Estate. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Thanks, Bushy. Nice to be here. Always good to have a chat to you, mate, uh, and, and love your insights on what really is uh, happening in the, the the trenches of property. So uh, just to kick things off, mate, what's your read on what's really happening and why with a local SA property market? Okay, it's very interesting. We're really excited, obviously, with what's happening, Bushy. Like, you know, Adelaide has been a bit slow with capital growth over the last 10 to 15 years, really since 2006 was our last major push-up. So it's been really interesting. There's been a lot of, I guess, pressure on Adelaide's market to do with jobs and retention of talent and all those sorts of things. So COVID has provided this environment where South Australia is obviously a desirable place to live because it's been so COVID safe. Um, I guess, you know, we've had a lot of freedoms that, you know, fortunately for us, but unfortunately for other states that they haven't had. And, you know, through good management, I feel like everyone in South Australia is now really positive about, you know, all the great things that South Australia has to offer. You know, we've got great lifestyle, we've got great wine regions, we've got great beaches. You know, we're not that far from Sydney and Melbourne. So um, COVID has provided this opportunity where a lot of people are moving back to Adelaide because they can live here, work remotely, and, you know, still buy property at a reasonable price and have great lifestyle options. It's it's pretty exciting for us here in SA. Yeah, totally agree. And both you and I are pretty biased on that, but uh, it's still the country's best kept secret, mate. But uh, tell me, what type of properties at what sort of price points and locations are experiencing the, the highest demand that, that you're seeing? Well, that's, that's a really interesting question because obviously supply and demand has been the biggest issue in South Australia. Like there's been um, definitely more properties sold um, this year in the last 12 months than the previous couple of years. But a lot of those actually haven't come to market. So when you look at the listings data from realestate.com, for instance, it still looks like listings are lower than they have been in previous years in South Australia. But what's happening is a lot of those deals are actually being done off market because the market is so buoyant. There's so many buyers around. There's a lot of pressure from buyers to go, where's the next listing coming from? It's a really interesting situation. But some of the areas that have you know had the most amount of growth, we're seeing in the eastern suburbs, there's been an amazing amount of growth because it's been quite stifled over the last 10 years. So suburbs like Dulwich and Unley and Rose Park are all up around the 30% growth in the last 12 months, which is amazing. Then when you have a look at the bottom end of the market through, if we go south, for instance, which is my core area, you know, the Hackhams, the Morford Vales, um, those sort of entry-level suburbs, they're up around 27 to 35%, depending on which suburb. 
And Incredible. I feel like that is a lot of competition between investors and first home buyers trying to get in the market, which obviously is pushing that price. Yeah. The really interesting fact is there is a couple of markets that haven't had the same amount of growth. If you look at the middle through the Woodcrofts or the Halicos or the Flagstaff Hills, they're in the 16 to 20% growth in the last 12 months, which kind of shocks me a bit because they're the popular suburbs, but it almost feels like the bottom has grown at a faster rate than those. And therefore, there's probably still a lot of upside to those middle suburbs that investors can capitalise on or people that are looking to upgrade from a lower or need to upsize that could actually capitalise from selling at a really high price with 30 or 35% growth in the bottom suburbs and buying into somewhere that's only had 20% growth. So there's still room to grow. It's, it's actually really interesting when you sit down and analyse the numbers. Yeah, it's interesting. So the, the sweet spot, from what I'm hearing is in that, that sort of mid, mid range price level. Absolutely. I feel like that. And I feel like in our sales meetings, I, I think one of the important things with our businesses, we've got a lot of sales reps over 22 sales staff. And so we get to you know talk about this on a weekly basis to go, what's happening in the market? What's the buyer numbers like? What's the offer numbers like? And we get a constant feeling at the moment that the bottom end is raced pretty much out of control and the middle hasn't caught up yet. And I feel like, um, you know, even a lot of our buyers agents are actually seeing that and are shying away from the bottom end at the moment and looking more to the mid range because they feel like there's still capital growth to go there, which, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. There's, there's always a story to be told when, you know, people are analysing the same stuff and coming up with the same sort of results. Yeah, very, very interesting. I mean, it's you know, relatively there's still very strong growth, which is which is great news. So, uh, putting that back in the perspective of buyers and sellers, what's what's your advice to them in the current market? Well, I guess you know what we're seeing in the market. Like, we were concerned, obviously, with so much growth that when is this going to stop? What's going to hold it back? And at the moment, with the Reserve Bank commenting in the last couple of weeks that they're not going to, you know influence the interest rates based on the housing market. I feel that's a really important step because we're worried obviously with inflation, if the Reserve Bank steps in and increases interest rates, that's gonna obviously put a stop to growth. But if that's not gonna happen, then with the buyer demand that we're getting and the numbers we're getting it opens and the number of offers we're getting, we can't see this stopping. So I guess when you translate that back to buyers and investors, if the market is still gonna be going because the Reserve Bank's not gonna curb interest rates, then that means there's still growth to go. If there's still growth to go, my advice is do what you can to buy now because you'll get the benefit of some growth. It won't be the same as what someone got when they bought 12 months ago, but you can't look backwards on that. You need to look forwards and go, there's still demand. I need to get in. If I don't get in now, then I'm going to be missing out every month that I miss out on. So it's going to be extra benefits if they bite the bullet. And it's hard because you see the market racing. You, you want to try and buy at last week's prices but you've just got to buy the bullet and do it. Spot on. What about on the uh, sell side? On the sell side, I mean, ultimately, um, I feel like, you know, there has been great benefit in holding things up until now. Um, I'm obviously a real estate agent. I want to be able to sell your property. You know, it's a vested interest, but I feel like there is still a little bit of growth to go, but you've got to buy very well. In the end, good properties don't change. Location, frontage size, land size, they will never go out of fashion. Yep. As more and more development happens through Adelaide because our infrastructure determines that they want to develop 
older areas to take advantage of infrastructure that exists, then anything you buy with those sorts of things are definitely going to be sought after in the future, no matter what. And yeah. if capital growth was going to stop today, it still doesn't matter because in five or 10 years time, when this happens again, you still own a good property and you're going to get the benefit of that. So if it's the right time for you to invest, it's time to invest. And the longer you put it off, the more you miss out. Yeah. Yeah, no, some very sage advice there. Thanks, Scott. And uh, thanks again for sharing those thoughts with us on the show today. No problems, mate. Anytime and uh, good to catch up with you again. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's very clear that uh, Adelaide continues to be the best kept secret in Australian property. And if you're looking for a very affordable, steady, incremental, long-term growth opportunity without the roller coaster rides that you see in the eastern states, South Australia is a great place to look. And if you're looking to sell a property in the current market, reach out to Scott and the Begains team. Keep watching Australia's most popular property show here on Realty Talk. Hi, and welcome. In this week's Bush Bite, we continue our special series on the art and science of negotiation. Given the critical importance of your ability to negotiate, especially in the current high demand property market. Now, over the last two weeks, we've discussed the need to change your outlook and build good rapport along with building your negotiation toolkit by helping you with mirroring and labeling, along with the impact of perceived power. This week, we start getting into the nuts and bolts of a property purchase. And we look at how to start leveling the playing field by getting your finance in order and revisiting the old adage that cash is king. So let's turn to the specific negotiation of buying a home. And for the purpose of this discussion, we're going to focus on the situation of when you're buying a home that's advertised by a real estate agent. Generally, in these situations, the perceived power is slanted in the direction of the seller, depending on prevailing demand and supply conditions. Why do I say this? Well, because this is a situation where you're potentially only one of many competing buyers, of which you know absolutely nothing about. You're all dealing with a selling agent who's effectively a professional negotiator that's negotiating all day, every day, and generally, you don't even know who the seller is. This situation is a bit like you being the small shepherd David up against the giant heavily armored ogre Goliath and his army. You really need to be able to craft the negotiations in a clever way that allows your slingshot offer to hit the real estate sales agent Goliath between the eyes in a way that your offer looks better and more appealing to both the agent and the seller. And generally, you only get one shot. This is especially true in a hot market such as we're experiencing right now. You're trying to make your offer more appealing than all of the other competing buyers to the professional selling agent and the unknown invisible property owner, seller or vendor. So the playing field and perceived power are well and truly slanted towards the seller. This is a very challenging and difficult competitive environment to negotiate in. And according to a reputable survey in Australia, the average home purchase takes over seven months, soaks up over 90 hours of your after hours time, involves looking at an average of 12 properties that results in over six offers before you finally secure your property. Now that's a lot of time, stress and headache. I'm sure this is why buying a home is considered one of the major stressors alongside death, divorce and public speaking. So how stressful is buying property? 
Well, according to surveys conducted by Alliance and Home.com, 42% of buyers feel overwhelmed, 51% of buyers feel very stressed when buying a home, 13% feel that they pay too much for their property, and 28% are heartbroken that they didn't get the property that they wanted. So let's be clear, buying a property is hard, costly, time-consuming and stressful, and this all comes to a head in the final price, price offer negotiation. The time when you're making an offer signals to the selling agent and the property seller that you have a clear interest in the property and the point when they hold all of the cards. You're likely to be negotiating on a property only a few times in your life, in a situation when you're dealing with a professional full-time independent negotiating on the selling agent who's doing this all day, every day, and he knows where you sit relative to other buyers that you're not even aware of. So in the property negotiation, perceived power is clearly with the seller, and as the buyer, you're wearing most of the uncertainty. The seller hasn't even met you, so there's no basis for trust, and all of your future hopes and dreams for you and your family's lifestyle become focused on this property. This is a highly emotionally charged position. So how can you level the playing field in this situation, particularly in a seller's market like we're experiencing at the moment? Well, fortunately, I've been involved in a huge number of high price negotiations over the years, both as an architect and a project manager. In these, I was trying to win massive multi-million dollar design and building tenders for up to $300 million against international competitors. I've also been personally involved in over a dozen property purchases and have assisted thousands of our clients to secure property as homeowners investors. So here are some of the buying negotiation tactics and approaches that I employ, employ or I've seen employed to give you the best chance of securing the property that you're interested in. And this coincides with some suggestions that I've borrowed from industry stalwart, Bryce Holdaway. The first tip to reduce uncertainty and give the seller confidence in your offer is to remember the old adage that cash is still king. The key here is that if you're borrowing money to complete the purchase, make sure that you've already obtained finance pre-approval from a lender via your savvy mortgage broker. And it's really important to make sure that it's a full finance pre-approval based on a complete loan application, including all of your financial information, and that all the bank needs is to complete evaluation to formally and unconditionally approve your loan but don't fall for the trap of the quick and dirty finance approval letters that many banks offer based on a quick cursory and often verbal look or chat about your finances. These letters aren't worth the paper they're written on and given the increased bank scrutiny, along with continuous and often daily policy changes that banks are currently making, you can find yourself in the dangerous position of not being able to complete the purchase if the finance approval then ends up being declined once you've provided all of your detailed financial information. However, assuming that you've taken the one to two weeks to achieve a full finance pre-approval at or above your property price offer, and that your deposit funds are readily available, and you can actually evidence this to the real estate sales agent, this provides increased certainty of your offer without the concerns that are usually attached with offers that are subject to finance. What you're doing is giving the vendor certainty and security, which is something that most sellers, vendors, and agents value enormously. If you make your offer unconditional, meaning it's not subject to finance, this strengthens your offer even further. However, if you're lending money from a bank to complete the purchase, I wouldn't suggest taking this risk in the current dynamically changing lending environment. 
So to summarise the key points from today's session on levelling the playing field and cash is king, the real estate agent negotiates professionally, whereas you as a buyer probably don't. You also don't get to talk to the seller, so that puts you at a disadvantage. The playing field is therefore very clearly tipped against the buyer. So as a property buyer, you may feel that the odds are stacked against you, but you can tip things back in your favour if you give an unconditional cash offer and in the very least, have a full finance pre-approval based on a complete loan application. In next week's negotiation special bushbite, we'll reveal the two numbers that buyers need to know before negotiating, and you'll hear how negotiation starts at hello, along with the benefits of being smart by acting dumb when it comes to successful negotiation. That's more food for thought. I'm Bushy Martin from the Get Invested podcast. Stay tuned for more. Well, that brings us to the close of another great show. A special thanks to our guests, Goose McGrath and Scott McFarlane. And a reminder that you can see all of our shows at realty.com.au. And while you're there, check out one of Australia's most extensive range of properties for sale from over 7,000 agencies nationally. Thanks again to realty.com.au and BMT Tax Depreciation for their ongoing support. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Miss something in this week's show or want to catch up on past shows? Do it anytime at realty.com.au where we connect buyers, sellers and agents differently. 